1: Tom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
3: The boys, the crumb catchers, the Philadelphia GOP, Dan, were holding their uh, watch party of the debate at the German-American club. This is typical, this broken-down, old Philadelphia type of gang. And I maintain, you know, people think these things are going to be decided just on the bigness of Trump or you just sort of right with a Biden It's the infrastructure. In a place like Pennsylvania, this is going to be all-out war. And if in Philadelphia, Republicans do a bit better than they did in 2020, for example, and there are several things to do to make that happen, then we're going to win Pennsylvania. And if you win Pennsylvania, you're winning the presidency. How in the world, with all this money spent... Don't we have vigilant people saying, you know what, we got to do something with these clowns that are here in Philadelphia, with the Philadelphia Inquirer, and they're touting Nikki Haley. It'll be a bloodbath if it's not Nikki. We need a woman to clean things up after Trump and Biden, the one guy says. My God almighty. Goodness. All right. So, uh, Dan, we have a little um, different view, so to speak, of the debate last night. I might tell people to not drive heavy machinery when you hear the ladies on The View. Yeah, disgusting. this is disgusting. Yeah, disgusting oh. and attacking News Nation, which I happen to like uh, when I've been on there. I think they have they're better people, Dan, than certainly idiots on The View. But they're mocking where this debate was held last night, apparently. And I guess their writers were working overtime. I would highly
4: suggest if you have children to maybe turn it down yeah. when we play this clip just yeah. because this is a little bit more uh, explicit than
3: we're used to playing here on the Dom Show. And I still maintain, look, I know people just go with the uh, chalk here that it's Joy Behar. Sonny Hostin is so much worse than Behar. So much worse. Oh, after uh, this clip uh, that we have with yeah. the disgustingness. It's going to make do... my point. And, and one of the reasons is, look, Behar is a joke. She's I do a I another line. clip, too. Sonny Hostin, I'm a lawyer, is taken seriously by some of these people. All right, so here's a little bit of their interplay. What did they take away from last night's debate, the ladies of The View?
5: And I think the Democrats are doing a much better job this time of getting the vote out because... And, and, and I think a lot of Republicans, I would love to know the stats as to how many people watch that News Nation, because it was on News Nation. I couldn't find CW. It. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like it. my g oh, wait, so. wait, I have a lethal oh, note.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
5: Harder to find Joy. <laughs> okay, here
4: we go.
3: Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Nice the mental to image. Yeah, the mental image of that boy, the husband. God. Okay. Uh, Sonny Hassan also making a free speech argument. Now. Let me, since I didn't graduate law school, but I certainly don't need to, to deal with this lawyer. Make the point that explicitly what they're talking about with these three college presidents is they have their own rules, their own things that you can do in a college setting, not to then run counter to the uh, value system and also the accountability on a college campus. Now. Are these things constitutional? Are they legal? Well, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But certainly, you don't have a right on college campuses based upon their own bylaws, what they apparently live by, to be calling for the genocide of the Jewish people. And the simplest analogy, Dan, the simplest thing with Sonny Hostin is, what do you think would happen if people were calling for attacks on African Americans There wouldn't be a ton of laws and a battle over this if it was that explicit. That's what's going on college campuses. Here's what Sonny Hostin told us.
5: What was talking about and what this entire hearing was about should have been about free speech. And free speech, and although many people may feel uncomfortable with it, Mm -hmm. the most hateful and heinous speech is the most protected speech. Okay? Campuses have not and been so, good for free speech so, in years. Well, so, <laughs> but but they have been. They and what actually has about, one of the worst but, records but what on what campuses. What you heard was them saying what is completely accurate under the law it depends on the context. It does so, not. If someone does yell at a crowd racial slurs or calls for genocide in a public place in a crowd. That is protected speech one on one confrontation if a white student for nope. example says to a black student a racial slur then it's that, that is, is me, the codes just of can i conduct. just finish yeah, it not talking a moment, about the law but, but, but the codes of conduct must adhere to the law. So it when, it's, when it's when it's the law when it's, protect students. No, it really, it really can't go against the Constitution of the United States. So when we're talking about this one-on-one type of thing, yes, that is when that conduct leads this is to so, harassment this is and so, could be actionable. <laughs> by so can't and that's who exactly so, what Harvard is so, That's not so what they say, again, say, All right, decide. Dan, Dan
3: we, we got enough out of the ladies of the view. Thank you, the constitutional lawyer uh, stra- extraordinaire. Um, here's a question. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Why is it this uh, McGill, this uh, Presidente over at Penn, Crossing Broad, DJ just sent me this, Crossing Broad dabbles in politics. I know some of them are listeners, Dan. It's a great website. I really like them. They have a piece up saying the president of the University of Pennsylvania has done something that very few people can do in Philadelphia and that is bring people together to say this is obnoxious, this woman is in some pen. <laughs> he cites dinner on Blanc, the yep. Cowboys, yep. Comcast customer service, uh-huh. potholes, and the, uh, yes, and the uh, Philadelphia Parking Authority, which I still would say is number one, yeah. more than the Dallas Cowboys, the president of Penn. What has she done here that isn't out of the uh, playbook? I mean, it's right to feel this way with her. Even Josh Shapiro and others. Now, Dave McCormick has said she ought to be removed. Bob Casey Jr. says no at this point. Uh, McCormick's going to be on the show tomorrow. She looked like she was in a hostage video yesterday when she read the new statement from Penn. So, Sonny Hostin believes that a college just has to put up with people on the college campus calling for the extermination of people. She believes that that's the law, that there's nothing that can be done unless somebody just calls somebody a name one-on-one, and then apparently there's no freedom of speech. There, there's nothing that goes with that. So this idea it depends on the context. What does that mean? I thought uh, Stefanik, who is reputed to be a candidate for vice president, maybe for Trump, handled this very well at extracting from these three women what the problem and, and what the problem is, it comes back to something that is starting to be talked about. You know, it's a little bit in the weeds. And that is all this talk in these college campuses about colonists and colonization. You even hear it when people move into a neighborhood gentrification. That's a form of it. And Israel is bumped into the oppressor class as colonists because they're connected to the United States. Even though they're surrounded by 120 million, 150 million, I forget the number of people that want to kill them. They are the bad guy. They are the oppressor. It's the whole colonized decolonization I I, thing, I which is rampant on college campuses. It is one of the biggest things that we haven't paid attention to that is up and coming as far. And you read it the other day. Roe even t- tell me kudos when you, you had some of the stuff that in, is in the curricula there. This is their point of emphasis. This is where they've gone. So, of course, these people buy into it. They see Israel as the oppressor, even though they were attacked savagely on October 7th, that's where we've gone with this. All right, we're waiting to hear this verdict. We'll let you know in the case of uh, John Doherty. Phone lines are 855-839-1210. Side question today. Today, Pearl Harbor Day. Hit us with that all-time, you can call it a biopic, you can call it historical fiction, where they take a real event person thing and Hollywood changes it for drama a bit, but doesn't distort what is the reality of the story. And sometimes. That's hard to do. I said Oppenheimer. We had a couple of good ones. Uh, How about on Twitter, Dan? Anybody? Uh, Chernobyl was my other one. Some great answers on Twitter. Uh, Patton? Yes. Um,
4: Pumping Iron featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I think that's almost a a true documentary. Uh, Invincible, inspired by Vince Papali? Uh, yes, I'd say that's accurate.
3: I think that qualifies. Yeah, yes, and
4: yeah. so, kind of similar. It's a little uh, fictionalized though, it's similar yeah. to Catch Me If You Can, the Frank Abagnale story, uh, where he yeah. was the pilot and yeah. uh, running from the, yeah. That, uh, allegedly, the con man himself made up a lot of that story as well.
3: I don't know about Invincible though. I think it was I'm based not, upon. I, I mean, Invincible is sure. a
4: great story. Yeah. I just, I, I think the whole Mark Wahlberg, you know, aspect of it. There, there was some. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Schindler's List. Also, I think that's among the yes. Yeah.
3: I would have said that could be a potential winner. Yeah, I think
4: answer. that could that's a winner.
3: Yeah. So 855 eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. So here we have these local Republicans. What the um, what the RNC? And I asked Scott Presler this uh, Dan about the Trump people. They said they're aware of it. Everybody's aware, but they're not doing anything. Give guys like this. The money, the resources. Now, you may want to vet him more. I haven't vetted him. I'm just going on my own radar detector and turn them loose in places like Philadelphia on the mail-in ballot issue. Because the guy that heads up the state Republican Party is another coward who won't come on and I think is ineffectual at best. He's not going to get it done on the mail-in balloting. And if we don't get it done, we're going to lose Pennsylvania and you're going to lose the presidency. This is not something where you can pipe dream it and say that Trump is just going to overcome all that stuff. It has to be the infrastructure is the critical thing to win this. You're not just going to win it magically. If we look up and we have a sense before Election Day. That they're ahead like 500,000 votes here, you know, that they bank that in Pennsylvania. It's going to be very difficult on Election Day to turn enough up to win. We've been through this so many times before. And uh, I, I read these comments by these Republicans. All I can do is call them out at this point. Call out the RNC, the Trump campaign too, and others. Trump is going to get the nomination. There ought to be a pivot now. You know, it bothers me. I'm reading a lot. He's got the Heritage Foundation and all that. What they're engaged in, Dan, is setting up the Trump office holders. You know, all these people they'll bring in so they don't make the mistakes of the first time around, the deep state, take them out and all. That's all fine. But we got to win the election first. So the first order of business, I think, is to work right now on the mail-in ballot operation. And that means Trump. Ottawa, on Hannity or wherever he wants to go, talk in detail about mail-in balloting, tell his people to do it, say he wants more resources put into that. He's calling the RNC donors, et cetera, to go all out to set this up. Even if he wants to say, I want to beat the Democrats, which is going to be very difficult in mail-in balloting. What is so hard to understand about this? It's not just about the juice and rallies and people are excited. They are going to win even with Biden if there's not a better job done on what is right in front of us. It's pretty simple, and yet it's doable. This isn't something where it's a shot in the dark. It works. And it's not just Scott Presler, it's Citizens Alliance. We're gonna have them on the near future. They are gonna knock on a tremendous number of doors, Republican doors, with the mail in ballot. So all these um People get it, except for the people in charge. And the Republican Party in Philadelphia has to be dealt with. Now, I don't know legally what you could do to them, what the Republican Party nationally can do with them. Can we lead a coup? Excuse me? Does it, can we lead a coup? Yes. <laughs> no,
4: just, how, how, do you, how does their local Republican Party continue to run counter to the interests of conservatives? It, it yeah, makes exactly. no sense.
3: Yeah. Uh, allegiances were mostly sp- between Haley and, let's see who else, between Haley and Trump, okay, Uh, and saying it would be a bloodbath uh, if uh, Trump is the winner. All right, that's what they're looking at. And the Inquirer can't get enough of this stuff. Oh, yes, tell us more. Tell us more to depress the vote, to stop Trump. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. You can get on board AT&T and Verizon Wireless. All you have to do is just push pound 1210. we got another great Dom's Money melody in the 2 o'clock hour today. Uh, jump on board. Your take from last night's debate. Clear win for DeSantis. Nikki Haley shown in even a worse light. By the way, um, DeSantis also made a great point when talking about gender pushing back, Dan. This is cut 8F. Here's DeSantis. Christie, for a smart guy, good on his feet, I'm not sure how he got off on such a path. We've said this before. No, Chris Christie, parents don't have a right to say, well, we as parents want the child to have uh, puberty blockers and surgeries. Several people made the point we don't allow parents to endorse behavior that is child abuse. Here's how DeSantis put it. I have stood up each and every time.
2: So I think if this is one issue that's disqualifying, on. it's this one.
3: I, I stood up every
4: single time for parents to be able to make the decisions for their minor children. But parents, Every single time, parents should make those decisions. And pa- by the way, you know what? Every once in a while, parents are going to make decisions that we disagree with. But the minute you start to take those rights away from parents... You don't know, that slippery slope, what rights are going to be taken oh, away okay. next and you what's are going to be have, on as you. As a Go parent,
2: ahead. you do not have the right to abuse your kids. This is cutting off their genitals. This is mutilating these minors. These are irreversible procedures. Uh, and this is something that other countries in Europe, like Sweden, once they started doing it, they saw it did incalculable damage. They've shut it down. I signed legislation in Florida banning the mutilation of minors because it is wrong. We cannot allow this to happen in this country. And and I know Chris disagrees with me, and I think he has an honest position. Uh, Nikki disagrees with me. She opposes the bill that we did to ban that. She said law shouldn't get involved with it. You said the law shouldn't get involved with it. She also, though, I think, and this is flows from what she did as governor of South Carolina, you know, they had a bill to try to say that men shouldn't go into girls' bathrooms. And she killed that bill, and she bragged that she killed that bill, even to this day she bragged that. I don't think men should be going into little girls' bathrooms. I think it's wrong, and I think we have every right to protect them from that. Well, the pivot there was a little
3: bit much on Nikki Haley. I can't picture her vetoing that bill. But she does seem to be more on the Christie approach. No, parents can't say their kids can be smoking cigarettes. I'm the parent. They can do whatever I want. That's a false sense of parental rights. And DeSantis was exactly on point. alright eight three nine twelve ten. right, uh, you get on board. Uh, Dan, we have an update. I asked the question because I'm not sure with listeners. Last night, a lot of talk China, Taiwan. Uh, would you, they said, of course, we would send American military. We have all kinds of American military. Uh, How did DePaul go, Dan? Yes, the question is, would
4: you be supportive of American military involvement in Taiwan if China were to invade the country? Right. Strongly agree, Dom, 8.5%. 8.5? 8.5. I was right. You were right on. Uh, Agree, but with hesitation, 33.9%. Neutral, 20.3%. And no,
3: 37%. Wow. Yeah, just outright no. So here's the thing. With all the people in the universe, Dan, out there thinking this is a layup when they ask it in debates, we have 30, you said 37%, right, who strongly disagree and 20% who disagree and only 8.5% who strongly agree. I'd love to hear from the people who strongly disagree. So... Our posture would be, then, to let China overrun Taiwan. Now, this is one that people have to know, Dan. You could say, well, what consequence is it to us? In the big picture, you know exactly what the consequence would be. But the others, from what I can tell with the microprocessors and Taiwan, it is um, amazing how they lead the world it would be severe, severe damage just on that alone. Wow. I thought it would be close. But that's astounding. 37% strongly disagree. There is a real appetite not to get involved, and I get that. But the only way I could be on the side of saying, you know, strongly disagree. We, we have to do more than to deter China from daring to do that. Because if they do and we don't do anything in that situation, what do you think they're going to do? In other words, I'm saying this is not Ukraine. This is not the same thing. Kevin I think, writes
4: in, uh, the yeah. only place our
3: military needs to be is the whole southern border. All right. We know about the border, okay? But is it you see no consequence to this. Now, I get the downsides, which is simply loss of American life here would be enormous. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. John
4: Cross, a contributing editor at Astro Magazine, writes, if involvement means arming Taiwan to the teeth, then yes, they can pay for the weapons, unlike Ukraine.
3: Yeah, but our commitment is American military. We're yeah. not going to allow China to do it. Like boots on the ground. Yes. That has a story, even though they, they dance around it, haven't said it that way for a lot of different reasons. I hope China doesn't get a copy of this. I don't want to be responsible. <laughs> All right, phone lines are 855 839 1210. What propels that notion? I get it. These unending wars, the stuff that we've been in. Trump tapped into that way back in 2016, well ahead of the curve. So are people saying, yeah, Dom, Taiwan equals Ukraine? No involvement. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. Dan, now you need your uh, new sounder. Dom to your show. Welcome in, 855 839 1210. You get on board. So the jury has convicted Johnny Doc on the major charge of conspiracy uh, in the embezzlement trial. Okay? There are 70 remaining charges of embezzlement, falsifying. 70? Yes, union financial reports, wire fraud, and tax fraud. Uh, the verdict on the first charge delivers the ex union chief um, guilty on a federal, a second federal felony conviction in as many years. But these others, they all add up. I don't know how many years they would be in jail. But uh, do they signal, or to Dan's point, are we still in the throes of uh, corrupt unions who dominate in Philadelphia? Is this a sign, at least in this case? That the era of blatant uh, union nonsense is over. That's a hard question. But uh, it is the end of an era of one of the most colorful figures I had to debate over the years. Uh, And I don't know if he was ever a fan of the rat. All right. um, I'm not a big fan of the rat. So, uh, Dan, uh, I I thought this Twitter question, you know, last night these Republican candidates take it as a given. When they say, of course, we would respond if China invade Taiwan. And I was thinking, I don't think that's a given. But realize the consequences of the United States not being involved in that. All right, Given the history of what we've said over the years, given where we are with China, I was making the case, that's why we need to be so beefed up, they wouldn't dare do it. Now, at this point, they would dare is part of the issue. Now, let's go to uh, Andy in Winwood. Andy's on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Andy, welcome in. Hey, how you doing today? Good.
6: So, I mean, is, you know, my question is, is all real, the beefed up part? Is it just the microchips that we're worried about?
3: No, it's not just the microchip. Uh, historically, this has been our position. It's not like NATO. It's a little bit circumspect, but obviously it's our position. And if the Chinese faced us down in something like this, what do you think the consequence would be?
6: You know, obviously they say it would be uh, the goods that we purchase from them, but that's a double edged sword. You know, they need us to buy it, but would they hold us, quote unquote, hostage for, for things they make? I mean, how are they supposed to fund their war machine without. No, no. What I'm, what
3: I'm saying is you don't think this would diminish us. If we're allowing China to just overrun Taiwan after we back is, I'd say, into the 50s when the communist Chinese late 50s or so, that's been our position. We just say, no, we don't want to lose American lives. We're not doing anything here.
6: As a humanitarian uh, effort, yeah. I mean, those those poor people in Taiwan would be, for lack of a better term, massacred, but is is that the end all be all decision? Is it is it just what we need is it just because what we you know like what we experienced through COVID when when Taiwan and Hong Kong, all those places shut down, we couldn't build the things we needed to build. No
3: no no I got you on that I got, got you, on that, I get you on that point. Now this is much bigger. So if you're gonna be on that side of it, I get it with Ukraine, that's where I am. I think this is different though. So the bottom line is it's not worth American lives to deter China, what message will china get from that do you think
6: yeah the question is what, what what's the next step if they yes. take taiwan how much further will they go is that is that where you're yeah, asking yeah i don't that's that, that's that's the question is, is is it's not the first step it's where will they go with the second step and you know next to taiwan is what the marshall islands and then hawaii but there's not much in between to reach us from there
3: Right. Uh, again, so you just uh, it would be extremely limited, I guess, where you would intervene even a little bit.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, you know, to go fight on an island that far away and to support the troops and, and put bodies there, I don't think you can. I mean, it would be. Well, we already have. No,
3: we, we already do have them there. We have bases all throughout there. We have pretty good naval presence. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We have the capability. I I
4: would argue that the microchips is a huge part of it. And and I say this because if you think about the GDP growth of China, uh, they are realistically on track to surpass America. And if that happens, they become the economic standard on a global level. And when we're talking about futurism, when we're talking about the future of products, microchips, a lot of Taiwan's yeah. economy is set mm-hmm. up perfectly for China, once they acquire it, to become that
3: nation power, that, that right. global power. Well, I'm I'm arguing the other thing, too. I don't know how you come back after all this period of time saying, you know, we're not going to allow this, and China yeah, just runs right. over top of it. Whatever their next step is, all I know is I think at that moment – We're no longer this big power around the world. Maybe people don't care about that anymore.
6: You're you're right. If we don't stand up there, then we leave the impression that we won't stand up. Any We're we're less likely to stand up in other places.
3: Exactly. Thank you, Andy. Thanks very much. Look, Dan, I think if I put up there, and I'm not going to do that today, about NATO, and when Trump was in there the first time, there were a lot of rumbles. Would we actually go to war if Putin invaded Poland, for example? You know? I don't know about that, given the bad taste here around Ukraine. 855-839-1210, AT&T, and Verizon Wireless. All you have to do is just push pound 1210. I have a guy, Shiraki, texting me who
4: uh, was responding to that caller directly says... uh, Uh, Taiwan produces about 60 percent of world's microchips, Mm -hmm. and China has or controls the precious minerals needed. We would be compelled to fight one way to avoid it, use our own minerals blocked now by the Biden administration, build our own here. It's a matter of economic and national security. Right. And I'm
3: saying to that, that's part of it. Thank you, Guy. But it's deeper than that, is it not? Yeah. If we just let. And yet I look at the other side of this and I get, you know, how compelling uh, it is. American lives for who for what? You know, where do we go in the future? What's happened here is this. We have been so cavalier with American lives, be it uh, George W. Bush, be it uh, some of these other unending, unceasing wars that we send our military to, they really do not have the level that it rises to, our own national security, in a deep and profound sense, that people are tired of it. And that's why, Dan, what what is the poll on uh, Twitter at Show 1210 I'd urge people to go there and take a shot at it. Yeah, so we have
4: uh, the question being, would you be supportive of American military involvement in Taiwan if China were to invade the country? Our, Our responses are strongly agree, agree but with hesitation, neutral or no. Strongly agree currently sits at 8%. Agree but with hesitation, 37%. Neutral, 17%. No, 37%.
3: Yeah, that's uh, high numbers. And I don't think these Republican candidates and others are getting how deeply felt this is not to get involved in these situations. But I would say that Taiwan is a much different situation than Ukraine. You know, the antagonism toward Ukraine. You saw a real split last night. DeSantis and Vivek um, anti this over-involvement in Ukraine. Nikki Haley can't get enough of it, obviously. And Christie is right there, too. Is Taiwan a different thing, though? Is there anything out there that's a different thing? Or have we so eroded with people all the loss of lives, Treasury, George W. Bush, some of the misadventures there, some of the Obama misadventures, uh, that routinely we seem to get involved in these things. And uh, what's the answer then? Is the answer then we are not going to have that kind of leverage? 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210. My point is, it's not just the processors. It's not just that. If you don't in that situation, then, how does China react to that? How, how do these other nations react to that? And you can say, we don't care how they react to that. You don't get it. We don't want our kids' lives expended for all this stuff. Gotcha. I just think some of this attitude is due to the fact We have routinely, since World War II, gone down this path of one misadventure after another where it's not worth it. And when you come to this type of showdown moment... All right, so what's the antidote? The antidote is, on Pearl Harbor Day, that's why I brought it up, to build up in that area and to have a president who is credible that China will fear what would happen, what leverage we have, if they did that, and that can be any number of things you know a whole laundry list. if you don't have that though at some point, I'd say the odds are pretty good; they're gonna do something like that. sneak attack, eight five five, eight three, nine, twelve, ten, and look, we could build up Taiwan all that we want militarily, they will not be able to resist that in any way that I can see, and we're in a situation too where nuclear weapons among rational parties are so much not an option that just because we're nuclear powers, that's not going to deter people from testing and saying, you really wouldn't launch, would you? No, we're not going to do that. If China invade Taiwan, we're, we're not going to go all out nuclear war. That used to be the fear. That used to be what we wanted them to believe. I don't see anybody doing that. Least of all, Trump. Trump really gets a bad rap on that stuff. Trump is not someone who wants to have anything like that. He's the one, in the end, when we look back over the Trump years, his hallmark is American troops not involved. Told you I was there in the Oval Office, a few other hosts, when all these uh, Congress people, including Crenshaw, came in, trying to convince him to put American troops in Syria at some point wouldn't have any of it and i understand completely people have had it with this couple of things we've been talking about the republican party in philadelphia you can say ah, it doesn't concern me i'm in the suburbs a- again scott presler you're a crumb creep <laughs> lush coward scott presler when he was here last week he, he speaks he speaks my language because we're incrementalist making the point a few percentage points in a place like philadelphia That's all that's needed to win Pennsylvania, given the turnout and everything else. Mail-in balloting mainly. Right? If you want to win, we can't let guys like this Vince Fenerty continue this nonsense. It's not just that he's sitting on his hands, won't do anything with Trump as the nominee. He goes to the inquiry, lets him come there, interview these people at the uh, German-American club in the one block they control in Philadelphia. Even there, I don't know. I'm going to look up that block around Canister, uh, however you pronounce that, the German-American club. See the voting pattern. there. I wonder if Republicans even win there. How in the world don't you get, this is how elections are won. They're not just won on all the juice. And Trump will bring the juice. Right? They're won on incrementalism in these key swing states. And and people just think it's magic. I don't care how many people you bring out in rural Pennsylvania. If you lose too badly in Philadelphia and, say, Montgomery County and the like, you're not going to win Pennsylvania. Then we're going to be saying we were, you know, it's just that uh, it was cheating. Yeah, there's cheating going on. Or there are elements of things they did that we have to stop them from doing in 2024. But in addition to that, It's about having a party driven to raise the percentage points that Trump got in 2020 or 2016 in Philadelphia. That's all that you have to do. That's how it works. It's not magic. Uh, Let's go to, uh, we've been talking about this poll that I put up, and the numbers don't shock me. You you saw Republican candidates last night. I think taking it for granted, of course we would defend Taiwan and whatever means that means, not nuclear, but whatever. And I said, I don't believe that's where people are. I do think Taiwan is different than Ukraine. I think you can say, yeah, Ukraine, we've already done way more. You know, when the biggest point, I think, for anybody reasonable with Ukraine, when we found out we're seven selling them, sending them $25 billion for their first responders, their small businesses, and for pension funds and things like that, Dan, What? I mean, the military aid, we know the corruption there. They're arguably as corrupt as a place like, oh, I don't know, New York or Philadelphia. I know it's hard to imagine. They're like Chicago of corruption. And yet we're still piling money on. Oh, well, they got to keep their economy going. Wow. That's indefensible. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Dave. Dave on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Dave, thanks for the wait. Hi. Hey, how you doing,
0: Dom? Good. All right. Number one, my answer is in cold blood.
3: Ah, Truman Capote. Yes. Yes, uh, that Uh, is a very uh, disturbing uh, biopic. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a couple morons decide to kill some poor family. But with the Chinese, if you give them Taiwan, we don't have Subic Bay in the Philippines anymore. We shed a crap load of blood in the Pacific to get the, the Japanese off it. Mm-hmm. And they'll cut off the Japanese shipping lanes. Yeah. You know I
3: mean? it, it has. They're already doing that, as you probably know, in South China Sea. They take uh, artificial islands they create, and they say that's oh, yeah. their territory. You can't come through. <laughs> artificial <laughs> islands.
0: Yeah, we build a cup. We built a couple, a little bit of but, sand that we have. But, Dave, what,
3: what, what do you say to the fact? Americans, I think, this. as Paul tells me, they're tired of losing American lives around the world. They just, you know how many Americans would be killed if we had to respond in Taiwan? It could be upwards of uh, 100,000. Ah, easy, easy.
0: Now, and the main problem is that what, what, what air bases do we have besides aircraft? Now, we have the Okinawa, we got Japan, mm-hmm. but we don't have the Philippines no more. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, well, that would be – now, that's a good point, Dave. So the thing that an American president should be doing is figuring out a way to sweeten the pot for the Philippines to have uh, American air bases there. I mean, that's that's what the point is. We have to now deter them because we don't either want to lose 100,000 lives or allow them to do it. That means this has to be a focus.
0: Yeah. And also they'll, they'll they'll start complaining about us having troops in the in uh, South Korea.
3: Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. Um let's see. Uh let's go to Robert and Ben Salem. Hey Robert, afternoon to you.
7: Hi, Dom Dan. It's good to talk to you guys. Dom, you get me going on so many things, man. I'm telling you, you drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, I would I would want to stick up for Taiwan, but I would submit to you that we really only have to use naval and air assets. Um, I think that if China does not control the air and the sea, they will not try an invasion of Taiwan.
3: Well, that that's the point. This guy in the New York Post, and they timed it. You know, the Inquirer doesn't even know that today is December seventh, uh, Robert. I don't see anything in the paper, but the New York Post has a big, extensive article. An expert on this, that the Chinese are the, their rockets, supersonic missiles, et cetera, non nuclear, conventional warfare are overwhelming, and we have a long way to go to do what you said to be able to. It's not just enough to beat them, but enough to deter them. As you know, that we, they don't want to do it.
7: Okay, um, there's some of things that I know, but I can't. That I can't yeah. talk about, but. China isn't as far along in their hypersonics as we think. It's not like they got a warehouse of them sitting there. They're still in the – they just got past the prototype stage. Secondly, um, they are – and a lot of people don't talk – they're an economic paper tiger. They are on a very thin line right now because of their undue expansion monetarily around the world, buying influence and whatnot. So they're on a very thin line. I'm not saying they're going down, and I'm not saying that they're diminished as a threat. But I think that we could accomplish our goals there, which is naval and and, and, uh, and air assets. But you had were talking a couple of days ago about the greatest threats to America. And you were talking to Bill in Northeast. Man, that was a great conversation. Bill's got such a good sense of history. And you made some great points about China. Uh, and you had the poll. Now, I would submit to you that China is the number three threat to the United States Everything that people are complaining about, the open borders, the inflation, the weak military, yada, 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 all of that is under the Democratic Party. They are the number two threat to this country. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. now the number one threat, Dan. can I get a drum roll? No, I'm yes. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we have second. No, don't say that.
4: Yeah. I got yeah. it for you. I got it. Uh, 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 uh. Here you go.
3: Yes, number one threat. Today, the number one threat is... Our
7: media, and you guys have been talking about and around them for days, without the media, the Democrats lose. Without the Democrats, China is not as big a threat. I know it's simplistic, and you might disagree with me, Dom, but without the media, this country is in far better shape across the board, from the universities to the border, Mm -hmm. all of it. They enable and facilitate everything Democrats are doing. And I look, I think that is a a great
3: answer. I just see China already, Robert, and I just see them as an existential threat that we've seen with COVID. And I go back to that silly example of what they did just because of free Hong Kong and Daryl Morey. I hear what you're saying about the media, though. We helped them make it and the media helped cover it up for them.
7: That's okay. I mean. All right. I, hear, I take that away. advice. But that yeah, that, that, that is a good. Yes. One. So,
3: uh, who's your uh, biopic? I am
7: going to go with Patton just because I thought George C. Scott ah, knocked yes. it out of the park. What's you the best? Great- yeah.
3: What's the best moment in Patton when the airplane's firing at him and he's firing two pistols at it? <laughs> uh, when he
7: early early in the movie when he came into um, to uh, Italy in World War One on top of the tank firing a gun.
3: Yeah, that <laughs> or directing traffic. Oh man, when he kills a donkey because it's blocking the road there in Italy, oh my goodness!
0: do you two know what yada yada is? <laughs> All
3: right, <laughs> All right. What eight, a terrible
4: commercial by eight the
3: way. five five eight, three, nine, twelve, ten you can get boy that question, Dan of that uh, column, the guy who said big college is the biggest threat to America because it's the enemy within uh, the media is probably bigger than big college, although it's a close rate. I still stick with China, not the border, an American president like Trump or DeSantis. Could stop that in the next term. They wouldn't. It wouldn't be as big of a, nearly as big of a threat. I mean, or almost
4: no threat. Isn't the root of the media's, uh, you know, danger related yeah. to China in the first? Like,
3: yeah, that's part of. A little bit, yes. It, it's China. They are running a strange program, y'all. It's stand time.
7: I can handle things. I'm smart, not like everybody says.
4: Lift on. That's right, it's that time of the afternoon. Producer Dan takes over the Dom Giordano program for some Dan Time with Dom. A little uh, short today because after the show, at some point this evening, I will be joined with Anthony Dorenzo for another other side. So please go like and subscribe, youtube.com slash at 12 WPHC. And if you like what you hear on Dan Time with Dom, it's a lot like that, the other side with uh, Dan and Dorenzo. So please go like. Uh, subscribe, YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD and you'll be notified when we go live probably around 5 p.m. tonight. Uh, but, Dom, also some good news. you we'll uh, We were asked again to cover for Don Stenslin from uh, 10 until noon coming up on the 22nd. So we'll be live here on WPHT. Uh, but back to you, Dom. Uh, please, again, YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT.
3: Very good. Thank you, uh, Dan. So um, now people are on the media as the biggest threat to it. Okay, I get it. It's still China in the end. You know, that, I, I think the media is a huge threat to America, without a doubt. The problem is you're evading the elephant in the room, this giant elephant in the room that has to be dealt with, and that's China. By the way, um, in the 2 o'clock hour, Steve Feldman, our buddy for Zionist for America, Uh, is coming up. There's a lot. uh, There's going to be another big pro-Israel rally on Sunday, but there are other disturbing developments around all these psychopaths bothering Jewish businesses. They're not going to let up. John Fetterman, this is on Politico, defends reasonable border talks with Republicans. He says it's not xenophobic to be concerned about the border. It's a reasonable conversation, and Democrats should engage uh-oh Is somebody taking over the body of john fetterman is that what's going on here you know the gaza stuff and now this now there's caveats all over the place with this and fetterman but i want to talk about that uh, a little bit and what republicans can do on this around the border and what i think they should get well i wouldn't sign off on more money for ukraine whatever Biden get me at the border with you. We'll find out.
0: Dom Giordano, weekdays, noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.
2: News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bitch. Music. You said my word